St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. Welcome to another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. Uh, once again, this is your host, Greg Lindbergh. And on this particular episode, it's a pleasure to be joined by Dr. Luke McLeese, who is the director of the Office of Military Affairs and Services here at St. Leo University. Dr. McLeese, thanks so much for joining us. Greg, thank you. Thanks for having me out today. And I look forward to uh, speaking with you guys. Absolutely. And I know uh, in general, St. Leo has a long history of educating the military and military families. And so we definitely have a lot of good stuff to get into today. So first off, Luke, uh, talk to me about your your military background. I know you are a vet and uh, talk to me about that background and your experience in the military. That's correct. Um, I'm a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, I was an enlisted guy. I was a 0341, which my job was a, a by trait was mortars, but I was a forward observer during this time. So I adjusted mortar fire, artillery fire, called for close air support. Um, I had a, I had a time when I was in during a time rather uh, where I was constantly deployed. We'd go on short deployments, come back, go to a school, or prepare for another deployment. So um, my my entire time in, I was kind of on the go and, and doing things and everything that ranged from police security to humanitarian assistance to combat action roles. Interesting. And I'm curious what actually inspired you to enlist? Um, yeah, it's pretty complicated. <laughs> it's, there were a lot of things floating around in my head at the time, uh, of being 18 years old. Right. Um, and part of it was I, I grew up in a household where my father, my fo- my father's an older gentleman. He had served in world war two. Um, and all of his relatives had done so they felt drawn to it, uh, patriotically, but also it was a, a means of upward mobility because they were from, Appalachian region. And this gave them a way to get out of Appalachia and do something else. So I I grew up in that kind of climate and context my whole life. But ultimately, I think when I was around 18, it was partly that partly fueled by being in love with adventure and the idea of adventure, the romantic idea of adventure, reading uh, some Hemingway. And even though things could be grim and, and, uh, you know, uh, not so pretty, uh, it would be different than the normal life of get out of high school, go to college, get married, have a family, and then work in the same job until forever. You know, I, this gave me an outlet to, to kind of do something different and see the world, and definitely see the world in a way that I couldn't have otherwise. And, and in a context that I couldn't have otherwise. I know, I, I am just fascinated by everyone's story. Everyone has, you know, a different reason. And as far as how they do wind up entering the military. So, so really interesting stuff. Let's uh, talk about your educational background. Uh, talk to me about uh, your undergrad and your graduate studies. Sure. My undergraduate degree was from the University of Kentucky, and that was a degree in Spanish and Hispanic studies. Uh, and really at the time, I, there was the climate on universities and colleges was not anything close to what we have now. Uh, it was basically, do you want to use your GI Bill? Okay, see someone at the end of the financial service off, you know, service building. Um, they'll process your paperwork in between smoke breaks, 
And the advisors, you know, my advisor, my experience was uh, the first question I remember her asking me was, why did you come to college? <laughs> why are you here? You know, right. So I, I got that degree because I wanted that degree and I didn't really see past just trying to achieve and and master this language that I knew was useful and that I just was drawn to and I liked. It, there was no type of career orientation outside of that. Hmm. Um, so once I once I got that, um, I did start teaching and I started teaching uh, in a K-12 system, a parochial system. And during that time, after my first year, I realized to go on and to advance, I needed my master's degree. So I started uh, studying at Georgetown College for my master's in teaching world languages with the emphasis being in teaching Spanish. And then later, a couple years later after that, uh, I started working at the laboratory school, the model laboratory school for Eastern Kentucky University. And this really opened the door for me um, after a year to also work the, the model laboratory schools in the College of Education. But then it opened up for me to uh, teach college level classes. So I started teaching undergraduate and graduate classes. And this kind of segued me into being an EKU uh, over full time for the rest of my time there. Uh, so I taught um, basically all of the world language teachers or, or people who are aspiring to be world language teachers. And it was during this time that I started working on my doctorate and my doctorate uh, staying in line with education um, is in educational leadership and policy studies. And my research for that was focusing on what leaders can do and, and how leaders can understand what it looks like when someone's in a world language classroom, but they are what they're learning as far as large C cultural and intercultural nuances. Oh, I see. And then I know there was a veteran studies program you were also involved in as far as teaching in that. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Correct. Um, so this is really exciting because uh, not only is it the Veteran Studies Program, but it's the Vanguard Veteran Studies Program for the nation and the world. Um, at the time, Eastern Kentucky University had uh, just established, it was young, it was a year old, had established a program. And there was certain criteria where they were looking for people to teach and also to contribute to research and, and help kind of proliferate the um, program and they needed a certain type of instructor and professor and they were hard to come by. And I was talking to the then director and she and I were talking about what she was looking for. And she, she said, you know, I need someone with the master's, preferably someone with a doctorate degree or working towards a doctorate degree. I need someone who uh, has a military background, preferably with combat deployments and understands so I was like, oh, yeah, I think I know someone who could help you out here. So <laughs> it, it was kind of by chance, but uh, it, it was also why I applied. Everything looked great. And then for the rest of my time, I was kind of split up between the College of Education and this program. And so I tried to couple all my research together and, and I really started looking at the research uh, area of when veteran studies is to be taught, kind of what is the pedagogy of veteran studies going to be and what are the practices? And also those intercultural nuances of how is it when um, 
a military veteran member interacts with society because everyone always talks about the gap or the bridge there between civilians and military members and veterans. So what does that landscape look like? And also uh, from the aspect of, you know, you have groups of people who are in multinational situations, they're in multicultural situations constantly. What are, what are some of those things that they're bringing back to the rest of us and to academics and how do we learn from that? Very interesting. And then let's talk about uh, your journey to St. Leo University and obviously staying in education. You know, you were teaching before and then you came here for kind of a different role. Right. So ultimately what brought me here was was a life change. Um, my On my wife's side of the family, there had been some things going on and uh, ultimately her her father passed away and her mother needed some help. And she didn't want to live where we lived. So we moved here. <laughs> we moved here and uh, she works in the medical field. So she she found employment very quick. And I, I kind of held back to help adjust the kids and to uh, just really support her and start looking for something. In doing that, uh, I kept up with networking and really got involved in the Hillsborough County veteran ecosystem. And during an event at USAA, I was learning from and supporting part of Co-Starters, which is a program in uh, Hillsborough County that teaches veterans kind of the skills of entrepreneurship. So I, I was there along with them and representing them. And I struck up a conversation with uh, someone who had identified themselves as uh, being on the board here. And uh, so he and I started talking and I told him about my current situation. And, and he said, well, I think I know of a position that sounds like it was, it was cut right out of the woodwork for you. So uh, I went home and I researched it and I, I looked at it and I thought it over and uh, it, was, it was a switch, uh, but it seemed very in line with with all my interest and, and sometimes all those interests are, it's a hard patchwork to kind of fulfill. And one of my um, things when I was faculty that I, I was always concerned or I always thought about was, is there a real impact with this research? Is it, you know, is it just being read by other people who are interested in writing something about it? And is there any going to be any application? And so I felt like this position was a way to see a direct result in the work that I wanted to do, you know, in the space where academics and military connected population overlap. Oh, I see. And uh, before we kind of get into your duties and the role out of the office, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the history of St. Leo educating the military and, and that kind of thing. Can you kind of speak to maybe when, when St. Leo initially started with the first military students and, and how long that's been since? Sure. And, you know, that was something as I was researching St. Leo that I found very interesting. From 1890 through 1903, St. Leo was actually considered a military college. Something that's very interesting, there was also uh, two periods in history where the word military was directly in the title. But I think the pivotal part for St. Leo and really uh, kind of the market disruptor was in the 70s, in 1973, when when St. Leo really started uh, making a move to educate people in the service in a time 
at a time when the climate um, was not like that for other universities and colleges in the United States. So I think they they really weren't against the grain, but in that found uh, a, a huge piece of service to people and a way to to help educate a demographic that really wasn't getting adequate attention at the time. Right. And from what I understand, St. Leo is really one of the first to offer the the distance learning, you know, opportunities and programs, especially to individuals, you know, overseas and then deployed, correct? Correct. And this is this is kind of tied into that time period. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I see. Let's uh, fast forward to today and let's talk about, you know, roughly how many students, whether they're active duty, veteran, you know, reserve, guard, whatnot or even military families, how many students would you say roughly do we currently have that are in some way connected to the military? So complete uh, connection, and I'm glad you mentioned also family, because uh, family is really historically probably even more underthought about and underserved than all the service members. However, um, rounding up a little bit, we're we're looking at around, uh, with the roundup, going to 5,000 students. And um, looking at St. Leo's overall population, that's considerable amount of the overall student body. And uh, I think also compared to other universities, um, it's really telling of, of our relationship with military and veterans because uh, in many places, our numbers uh, eclipse what other schools have and who they're serving. Right. That is awesome that we can, you know, that we do have that opportunity to serve so many military and their families. Completely. Let's uh, dive into the Office of Military Affairs and Services and talk about kind of some of the, the specific services that your office actually can provide. So my office, my office large in part is is a connecting office and really we're, we're the face for veterans, for military students, for their families, somebody who understands them, what they've been through or what they're going through, uh, the speak, you know, we understand when they're throwing acronyms at us, what they're saying, and um, connecting them with where or who they need to be connected to, to really be successful. Um, And so, you know, with, with my office, it's like, uh, somebody might come to us, maybe they didn't start with financial services. So they come to us and we can give them an orientation of what they'll need and then refer them back to the right people within that department to get help. Uh, same way with counseling, same way with career services, and then working uh, with that other entity to to make sure all of those soft skills that the military or veteran member have are appropriately transferred to, to whatever they need or do. I think about this often, and I work uh, closely with Susan Mickey and Career Services because we have a population that's in high demand right now for skills as simple as being polite, being on time, and motivated <laughs> to work, yet... Uh, because it's been such a necessity of, of their, their job thus far, they don't know how to really translate that onto paper. Um, things are improving and they're getting better, but Susan and I are able to assess that whole package that the person brings and help them translate that and then help them get in the mindset of what it takes to be successful. 
Um, some other things are, you know, looking at uh, the the larger things within the state and the nation that might be happening, the kind of the climate, uh, you know, our military is always in an ebb and flow depending on what's happening in size and budget and things of this nature. So looking at that to see if there's going to be any impact that's going to, you know, affect our, our students in a negative way, but also uh, sharing anything positive, any new growth things that are coming. Right. So it is quite a quite a variety and array of services that a student could uh, receive from your office, it sounds like. Correct. Correct. And in general, would you say students generally come to you in your office or do you seek them out or is it kind of a mix? It's a mix. Many will come to me and and they know that I'm in and out of the office all day. Uh, they know to get a hold of me. However, I do make it onto campus to seek them out. Uh, the interesting thing about our population with military and veteran students on campus, for example, is that many have families, many have jobs. So in some cases, they're hustling to get to campus. They get to campus, they knock out their couple classes for the day, and then they leave. So another thing, another thing that the office is really growing to do is all the services that we provide in person or online, uh, making them not only live, and, but also asynchronous so people could access them at any time and uh, make a central, we're making a central location. So even if they, they don't see us right away, they'll know how to get to things. And then we can always fill in the gaps by phone calls and emails or trying to track people's schedules down. Yeah. And I, we definitely should emphasize that we do serve, you know, your office serves the entire university, obviously centers, online, campus. That is correct. Since we do have students all over. That is correct. That is correct. And let's talk about, uh, you know, let's say there is a military student or a veteran, let's just say, you know, an active duty member or veteran listening to this podcast, considering St. Leo, why, why would you say that that individual should enroll with St. Leo? And, you know, why would they feel comfortable and at ease being a student here? You know, honestly, there are many reasons um, for the depth. I, you know, just what we discussed earlier, the history and the lineage of what kind of relationship uh, St. Leo has had with the military. I think there's a deep understanding of the culture here more so than, than in other places, but also um, many of our programs are very flexible. And so uh, I know my students directly, I talk to students, some of them only take classes on campus. Some of them take them on, on a campus, whether it be cam or this campus or centers, uh, and then online, you know, there's a combination there. And then some people are completely online. Um, and I think that's huge because there's so much flexibility to accommodate someone's goal. And, and then furthermore, um, the services that are in place around beyond just academics, you know, once someone has the degree, uh, what are they going to do with it, you know, or while they're getting it, what kind of services are, are available to them so they get the best quality education? Um, there's really such a such volume and depth and, and very, very hungry professional people here at St. Leo. And I would like to add further, um, we have a large amount of faculty and staff that are also military connected, many veterans 
and faculty and staff. And uh, I think this is very interesting because they have firsthand experience that they can relate to a particular student. And, and this is, uh, could be a crucial factor in someone getting a degree or not. Very well said. And like you were saying before, just, you know, being able to speak that language, the lingo, the acronyms, having that relatability, I think is just, it's a huge benefit. Completely. I agree a hundred percent. Let's talk about the benefits of earning a college degree, you know, whether it's an active duty member who wants to earn that degree while still enlisted, or it's a veteran that does not have education or maybe has a little education, but still wants to fulfill and actually earn that degree. Talk about the benefits of, you know, earning that degree and perhaps even the combination of that military experience with a college degree. Absolutely. I, you know, education is uh, one of those things that in our country and still today uh, unlocks doors, right? And it, and it does, it does things for, for people that they just couldn't do otherwise. And, um, one of the, the most beautiful attributes of education is providing someone with options, you know, <laughs> and options they wouldn't have. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, coupling this with military service is very powerful. Uh, first, I'll address, you know, someone getting a degree or working towards a degree, completing a degree while still in the service. When someone um, is finds themselves with this beautiful opportunity, they can come out in a very, very powerful position um, because really they've got work experience under their belt where some of the, some of the people getting out of college just have a degree, but not the, not a type of work experience. They also have uh, some knowledge of the world and, and the inner workings of organizations, but uh, more and more we're seeing, and more importantly, we're seeing that employers, they want to see that a degree is completed, but they also want to see that successful employment and they're seeking out the skills that military members have. So I, I mentioned it earlier when talking about working with career services, and it's definitely true. Uh, they're really looking for workers now that still have um, uh, knowledge of you should show up to work on time. You know, you should uh, do all the things that you need to do, take initi initiative, um, complete one task before you start another that, you know, some employers are thinking are, are lost, uh, currently, however, not in the military and veteran population. I think, uh, if someone, you know, has completed service and is going on to get a degree, it's the same type of thing. You know, eventually they're going to be able to put these two parts of their life together and um, really come out in, in a very powerful position where it, they don't have to be two separate life experiences. You know, one can draw from the other and eventually uh, they can build on it to a point where they're in a, a very comfortable position of, of having the education that they need to open these opportunities up, but also having the life experience of what gainful employment really feels like, tastes like, and how they can apply it to something bigger and better. Yeah, that's very well said. And I would imagine if an employer, you know, gets a resume and sees both military service and a degree, it just, to me, it's almost like the, the ideal combination because of what you said of how, you know, they are similar, but yet they really do kind of play off each other. 
Exactly. And, you know, I think what's interesting and you, and you're seeing it more and more in employers, but I would say particularly in the IT related field, um, there are some of those employers and a growing number that look at military members who have education and they're starting to sponsor them, whether they're in service or they're going through school. And they're basically saying, if you come and work for us, we see what you're trying to achieve here. Once you achieve it, you've got a job. I think that's really powerful because when we talk about uh, the issues of transition, one of those issues that can be a pitfall is job seeking. And so for someone to uh, go from the military to higher education, right to a position that they want to work for, that's, that's very powerful and, and can alleviate a lot of stress that you know, generations prior had to go through. I also know that uh, there are some opportunities for, you know, those who've served to apply some of their military experience and some of the training that they get in the military toward their, you know, their coursework and their degree programs and specifically, you know, the credits. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yes, there, there, there most definitely is. And really, this starts at the accrediting body of the institution. Um, and then it kind of funnels down to the institution and then to uh, what type of what branch was the person in, what kind of role did they have while they were in. But um, it, all those give you the the kind of summation of what those credits will be. Now, saying that to say St. Leo does provide credits for service and it's based on those things. You know, what did someone do while they were in? Um you know, what was their, their job, their capacity, what was their training like, all that's taken into consideration. And then those are applied to whatever degree uh, the individual is seeking. Let's uh, talk about the, you know, the financial aid side, the actual paying for college question, which is obviously, you know, a question for any college student. How does St. Leo support military individuals in terms of using, I know you mentioned the GI Bill, and I know there are other, you know, opportunities to, to use funding, you know, toward tuition. So I'm going to speak on, on behalf of the financial services, but I'll say this, um, you know, they, they work in conjunction with me and, and, and we collaborate daily. Uh, but I will, I, I definitely have to say this. It's the most seamless process I've ever witnessed for, for benefits in my life. You know, I mentioned earlier that my experience was somebody processing uh, the paperwork in between smoke breaks. I was saying that jokingly, but that's exactly what happened. Mm. And it was someone who was, you know, just a couple years older than me. And uh, I had to fill out all the paperwork and I had to get it to them in this window of time. And it, it was all on me. And if I didn't get it, then I didn't get paid for that semester to go to school. At St. Leo, all they have to do is provide all the crucial information to get the process started. And our, our processing uh, people, which are in training constantly, um, best practices across the board, they do a seamless job of once someone indicates they want to go to school here, getting that process all taken care of. So all a person has to do is say, I want to be a part of St. Leo. Here's my, you know, all their personal info. Let's go. And, and they really do it from start to finish. It's, it's very impressive. And it's, you know, everybody's, everybody's different. Everybody's got a, a different life situation and different things coming at them. And 
the the team that's in place there they know how to handle it they they think through these things and they're always able to accommodate our students or future students and it's really impressive that's great i know just like i mentioned before you know financial aid and and how you're going to pay for school is is always can be very stressful and i think it's it's awesome that we really do support that and give students the peace of mind to know that they can really focus on their studies and their classes and you know can let the benefits and everything else take care of themselves i completely agree and i think it's a good indicator um you know when someone is is starting the process of becoming a student here that's their first experience you know coming into st leo and started out in such a, a, a positive and kind of hands-off easy way i think is is great it's it's really telling of the type of experience a student is going to have here until they get their degree absolutely all right so to wrap up here if someone listening to this would like to learn more about saint leo and specifically your office how can they get in touch with you completely my office uh, my office number is area code 352-588-6703 and my email is a is very easy it's just military services at stleo.edu. Also, my associate director, who's in Virginia because of our large population of centers and Mark Westbrook. Um, Mark, he, his phone number, he can be reached at area code 757-249-0390. And then his email is mark.westbrook, and that's W-E-S-T. B R O O K at St. Leo.edu. All right. Well, I really appreciate you joining us here on the St. Leo 360 podcast, Luke. And I hope everyone is informed about how we can assist any students with any kind of military background or connection. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for having me. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to help educate people about the office and what the office does and, and how we can help them reach their goal. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877-622-2009 or visit stleo.edu.